My name is Jamie Serafi, founder and creative director of Cool Choir, a group of non-auditioned adult rock and pop choirs in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Welcome to our Cool Choir podcast, Cool Chats, profiling the personal stories of some of our members across the city. You can find more information on Cool Choir at coolchoir.com or by following us on our public Facebook page by searching Cool Choir. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everybody. We are in southeast Calgary and we're in a building uh, which I believe is called Living Works. And um, I am here today with, unusually, perhaps one of our um, rare and few but highly valued male members, Bill, Bill Gould. And uh, we're going to be doing a, a really interesting podcast with Bill today. And um, Bill works here at Living Works. And I'm looking forward to uh, us learning a little bit about Bill and uh, what he does and uh, all sorts of wonderful things as well. So I hope you're ready to join us and sitting comfortably, maybe in home isolation, I'm not sure, for the next (laughs) 20 minutes or so. Um, And I hope you enjoy today's episode of Cool Chats. So, Bill, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Excellent. Good. So we've driven down here to southeast Calgary. You said you're not sure what the neighbourhood is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're next door to Stage West. Stage West. Okay, so if you guys know where Stage West, being in the arts, hopefully we all know where Stage West is. Um, and uh, you you work here at Living Works, so c- can you tell us a little bit about Living Works? Because it's a very interesting organization. So it's an organization that uh, began, uh, was founded in the early 80s. It grew out of research at the University of Calgary. And uh, Living Works uh, researches and prepares uh, learning materials and courses uh, to help people recognize if someone is at risk of suicide and how to intervene in that. And obviously you've got your work stacking up a little bit at the moment. I mean, obviously with the current situation, um, and I should just say, I don't know if I said this already, but it is the 23rd of March in 2020, and we are kind of um, in the peak of this terrible situation in the world at the moment, um, otherwise known as COVID-19. Um, and I can imagine an organisation like this is is feeling it in more ways than one. We're feeling it in a variety of ways. Uh, a bulk of what we do is face-to-face learning interventions and workshops. So those have ground to a halt all over the world Uh, and uh, in stressful times we know that there are um, people who are experiencing their stress and that can come out in a variety of ways so we can guess that uh, domestic violence there will be an increase in domestic violence and there will be an increase in people who are uh, having thoughts of suicide yes and actually, I've I've seen over um, social media recently quite a lot about um, these are some of the kinds of people that a lot of people are expressing concern about, particularly those that are now kind of trapped inside and maybe are victims of things like domestic violence. Yeah, and social isolation uh, really feeds that ability to um, uh, like domestic violence and thoughts of suicide, right? If people are isolated from their community, right, it can it can be more prevalent that way for sure. And do you think that this is particularly impacting a certain age group or demographic in more than another or is it just everybody? Oh, it's pretty much just everybody across the board. Yeah. So who typically um, would you kind of find yourself sort of um, involved with in terms of um, kind of age group and that sort of thing? 
Well, uh, statistically, they say that uh, a white male, I think between 45 and 55 or something like that, is one of the highest risk groups. But now that, that demographic is also part of many other demographics, right? Yeah. So uh, the elderly can be prone to suicide. Uh, 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 university students are, are very prone. Members of the uh, LGBTQ community are, are more prone, right? So there's many different demographics that we can look at, yeah. And what's your personal in involvement? Where do you kind of fit in with, with the process yourself? Well, my role is called uh, People and Culture uh, Developer. So I'm here to uh, help uh, the staff of Living Works work well together so that we can achieve our collective outcomes. Right? We have staff here in Calgary, in the United States and Australia. So it's international? Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to the choir for a moment, so mm -hmm. uh, as one of, as I said at the beginning, one of few very highly valued gentlemen, um, how long have you been singing in the choir for? So I joined pretty close to the beginning of the final trimester last year. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you particularly love singing, <laughs> I guess, or else you wouldn't be in the choir. Did you, did you have an, obviously had an interest in singing before you joined? <laughs> yeah, so um, I grew up in my extended family was quite musical. So uh, all family gatherings, uh, there's instruments being played and songs being sung, right? I studied uh, music in school. I practiced the clarinet, uh, which I did not find very fun at all. Uh, practicing instruments was not my cup of tea at all. Uh, but when I went to high school and learned about band trips and how fun a lot of people had going on band trips, I thought, geez, I want in on that. So the way to do that without learning to play an instrument was to join the choir. Okay. Well, I've, I've often said to people at rehearsals that our first, uh, you know, instrument is our voice. Everybody says, when someone says to me, I, no, I don't play an instrument, I say you do because you have a voice. And our voice, of course, is a, a very um, highly developed instrument. Well, it can be. And hopefully <laughs> with some training, it becomes even more development. Now, I'm sorry to you don't like the clarinet. I, I particularly enjoy the clarinet. I, I play the clarinet. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I don't take offense. It's okay. <laughs> In my experience, it was painful on many levels for not just me, but for the people around me, I have to say. It can sound like a constipated cat, if I'm being honest, if it's not played correctly. <laughs> I don't know what a constipated cat sounds like, but... <laughs> Uh, Bill's going very red on the microphone. In fact, his microphone is red. He's like, he's, he's thinking, constipated cat. Who says that? I do. Um, so, but you've, since joining the choir, actually, you've taken quite a lot of sort of solace in, in the choir for various reasons. Yes. Yeah, so, um, what, what prompted me to, to join the, the choir? Uh, so my daughter, Natasha, was a singer, and she sang all the time, much to the chagrin of her brother and sometimes her mother and father. She was uh, kinetic and singing, moving, dancing all the time, nonstop. Uh, and uh, just as she was ready to join a competitive cheer club, which was the, kind of the culmination of her desire to dance and 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 be surrounded by music um, she was uh, diagnosed with cancer and was 
uh, obviously a quite aggressive form of cancer I'm taking. Yeah, taking. it was uh, it, it was a brain cancer. It's a brain cancer uh, almost exclusively uh, uh, that happens in the childhood community, right? It's a childhood cancer. Um, in the in the words of the uh, of the um, doctor when we first heard, um, he said uh, to us, "I'm very sorry for your daughter, and I'm very sorry for you." Um, the cancer is called DIPG, diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma. Uh, there is no cure. The average uh, life expectancy after diagnosis is nine months. And he suggested we go have the summer of a lifetime. Okay. And um, you said childhood cancer. So how, how old was Natasha at this point? Yeah. So this was in 2015. And uh, she was 11 years old. And the diagnosis day was May 1st which, of course, we didn't realize at the time, but now we're very aware. Uh, May is, bra- is, is Brain Cancer Awareness Month. Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't mm-hmm. actually know that either. Yeah. Gosh. Um, and you mentioned that she was very musical. She was mm-hmm. a very musical girl. And actually, you have sent me personally um, uh, a website link. And I believe, is it natashagould.com? Uh, um, I got that slightly wrong. Sorry. Yeah, I think the website is prayfornatasha.ca. Right. So prayfornatasha.ca. And some of you listening, um, I hope that you will go and spend many an hour on the website as I have done. Um, and I've been through the website and um, it's actually an incredibly uplifting website. And I have to say, um, and when you showed me that website, um, it left such an impression on me. And, and as you know, I... Um, have been through I'm on my own quite raw grief journey at the moment and uh, I had never uh, come across a website or the idea the concept that you can keep somebody's memory alive through a website I did until you introduced me that to that idea and um, actually in you know light of my own recent loss with my mother and um, that's my project this year is to create a, a website so thank you very much for kind of inspiring me on that mm-hmm. but um going back to natasha there was a particular song that i remember that you drew my attention to that natasha actually wrote yeah she wrote a she wrote a song uh, she had a guitar teacher at the time and she taught her guitar teacher the song it's called <laughs> this love is magic right and she was very clear about the way uh, uh, the nuances of the music, right? Um, and I remember her struggling to teach her to teach her guitar teacher the song, and he and he put musical notes to the song, right? And uh, so they worked together. So they made a bit of a, a score, as I guess the way you would phrase that, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, um, before she passed. Um, I'd found, I'd been put in touch with uh, some professional singers and uh, they went into a a studio and they made a recording of Natasha's song. Wow. And we presented it to her. Uh, We played a video of it on the, on the TV. And uh, by this time, um, so Natasha uh, 
I, I mentioned the, the median age of survival was nine months. She, she stayed with us for 15 months after her diagnosis. But by this time, when I shared her, this, her song back to her, um, she was, um, had pretty much lost the ability of verbal communication. So she sat in front of the TV looking at these three musicians play her song, and you could just see the joy and excitement in her. Yeah. And that's what music does. It yeah. kind of, um, there was a very famous uh, expression about, um, uh, you know, music speaks where words fail. Um, and, uh, and we all know from singing in the choir <laughs> how, how music impacts us. This is a, this is a deeply, deeply moving um, kind of image that you're conjuring up here as I'm thinking about, um, you know, Natasha and, and imagining the joy that she must have felt hearing this song. And actually, I seem to recall you telling me that there have been um, one or two versions of this particular song. Is that correct? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, part of Natasha's journey, and I mean, if, if one were to go to her website and link to her YouTube channel and to her Facebook page, um, you'll, you'll see that Natasha was very outgoing and outspoken. She, in fact, she became a spokesperson for... Uh, childhood cancer awareness. Part of her journey was meeting um, a singer-songwriter from Alberta who now lives in um, Nashville, wow. Mackenzie Porter. I was, oh. <laughs> I was struggling to remember the name, oh my gosh. Anyways, Mackenzie uh, came and uh, took Natasha out on an on a outing one day and uh, you know they, they exchanged text messages uh, frequently. It was a huge... Uh, thrill for Natasha to meet a famous uh, professional singer. Right? Wow. Anyways, Mackenzie also did a, a cover of, of Natasha's song. Uh, some cousins of ours did a kind of a rock and roll version of, of Natasha's song. Yeah. To me, she sort of sounds a little bit like of, a, of an MJ and Michael Jackson. That's what Michael Jackson. <laughs> that's what Michael Jackson did. You know, he was he was like these. I call these people musical genii, which is the you know the kind of the plural really of genius. Uh, I learned recently, um, and um, these are people who know exactly in their head what they want um and then you know all the poor people around them <laughs> have the the job of trying to kind of put that into uh, make that into sort of some musical sense and i totally appreciate that um it's probably why i do all the arrangements myself <laughs> i've got to rely on you know anybody else to try to translate uh, what i need from my arrangement etc um so and thank goodness you're a genius <laughs> i'm just vomiting here on the mic excuse me <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think that, uh, to me, although I never met Natasha and of course being so young as well, um, I, you know, it's very clear from the, uh, the image that I have of her and from the, the descriptions of how she worked and with her music that she was, you know, she knew exactly what it was that she wanted. And this song is extremely uplifting and I've heard the song, um, and I've had a, a chat with you as well because, um, we would like to do a version of this song in the choir and, um, I'm going looking, looking forward to another another version of the song um in the in the choir and to um you know kind of create harmonies that now i'm a bit worried i'm thinking now would natasha approve of this <laughs> feeling the pressure bill yeah. <laughs> so um i'll have to just uh, probably take your lead on that and uh yeah so but it is um what is is the song about anything in, in anything in particular would you say uh well the the song is about uh, on one level, it's it's a song about her and her boyfriend, right? And 
uh, she loves the way he looks at her and smiles, right? And in fact, one of the lines is your metal filled smile, right? Because her boyfriend had braces. <laughs> but I guess on that's another, genius. Yeah, that's yeah. ingenious. <laughs> but I guess on another level is uh, is just the magical nature of of young love and the promise of um, there's no limits to, yeah. to where we'll go together. And even if people say, it, you know, it's not going to go anywhere, well, poo-poo on that, you know? Makes you totally sick, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like that once. <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> and, then we, and then we, you know, we grew up and became, you know, cynical adults in our <laughs> life. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward, as I said, to, um, you know, uh, kind of... I wouldn't say resurrecting the song, but to taking the song and uh, trying to do trying to do it justice in time. So uh, mm. um, that's something that we'll be doing next year um, mm. at some point, probably in the latter half of the year. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. So have you found um, uh, have you found yourself as part of your own journey with this? Um, have you found that kind of uh, being so involved directly with with music and singing in a choir as brought you any kind of um i don't know what the word is really brought you any mm. brought you some some kind of solace in some shape or form i think so i think it's uh it's it's he it's healing yeah for that was sure. the word healing yeah. Heal, that's a better word yeah. yes um you know at the end of uh kind of the closing of natasha's celebration of life it was a two-hour kind of stage production really right um uh, we played uh, a recording of um, Hallelujah, right? And it was a song that Natasha's guitar teacher was uh, teaching her, right? Just as a, a platform for understanding music and learning music. And uh, it's a song that I, I like, of course. I'm a Leonard Cohen fan and a, a Katie Lang fan. I love her version of it. But I, I searched around for a choral version of it, and I came across choir 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 out of toronto and I, I i i liked the sound that they did and i also liked the the verses that they chose for it right so we played that at the at kind of the closing of natasha's celebration of life and as as we were walking out and it was i was reminiscing um you know last spring i suppose about that and every once in a while i do listen to a recording of the uh, of the celebration of life, and I started thinking to myself, you know, just to just uh, just looking for ways for Natasha, bits of Natasha to like live on, right? And and what could I do? And I and I, I thought to myself, maybe I should sing on behalf of Natasha because she's not here to sing anymore. And then I thought, I wonder if there's something like choir 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 around around here and that's exactly how i found a uh, cool choir right so natasha's with me when i when i come to practice and i have to admit some of the lyrics of the songs like really hit home and it's not always easy for me no yeah and i think singing in a choir sometimes for me regardless of what you're singing whether you're singing a particularly emotional song or a particularly upbeat song there is there is something about singing in a room with other people as well it's the, there's something about the the human voice which is um i just feel that it kind of uh, being part of i think of the, all these people in a room singing and their voices being um 
the sum of the kind of whole really and uh, I, I don't know whether I ever mentioned to you but there was uh, an experiment was done a few years ago when um, they, they, they put all these people in a room singing and they wired them up with a, an ECG machine and actually amazingly you know people of all ages and everybody's heartbeat kind of synchronized together as they as they sang um, and uh, I don't know what I don't know what that tells you about kind of singing but it, it tells you something about um uh, people being in sync with each other perhaps biologically physically um maybe emotionally as well matters of the heart i don't know i know that when i um i've had a bad day and i've had a lot of bad days recently believe me <laughs> coming to the choir um certainly me as the director makes me uplifts me um i've had a, i mean i've had a, I had, a, I had a root canal in the last couple of weeks and um just even toothache i went to two weeks ago i came to choir with a toothache and it was the pain was gone <laughs> by the end of the night now that i was not expecting but anyway that's a very silly example forgive me um, <laughs> but, well, it's, um it's, easy, it's easy to imagine <laughs> it for me that uh you know people singing together is yeah. like it's primordial right like the earliest forms of our being in community with each other I, I it's i imagine was involved chanting or songs or well people would pick up sticks yeah. and bang rocks and yeah. you know and they used what was around them basically mm. um and um and it goes back to what i said at the beginning about you know everybody's voice is an instrument really um and i always say to people if you can speak you can sing but it's really um kind of heartening to know that um you know that you've you feel that by coming to the to the rehearsals and you feel that you're continuing uh, Natasha's legacy and um, I know that I think I've t spoken to you a little bit about um, the Wethericks and Sherry um, and Nicole so Sherry and Nicole um, Sherry still sings in the choir and uh, Nicole um, she had her celebration of life and I believe she was 22 years old um, and um, she had really battled for with a, a very difficult um, rare kidney disease for a lot of her life and she um, reminds me and I've seen videos of Nicole singing and dancing and uh, a very similar sort of personality to uh, Natasha makes it all the harder in so many ways um, and Sherry still sings with the choir and um, Nicole loved singing in the choir as well and we did this song a couple of years ago I Lived by One Republic and uh, you know that was a, a song that uh, Nicole particularly loved and I know Sherry will um, chat probably with you at some point as well about that and uh, again it's just uh, these hearing these two stories um, that they're, they're so um, horribly tragic um, but you know from from the from the dust we have to rise and um, remember what remember something as you know something positive and remember use the memories to kind of help us continue the legacy of the people that we love so dearly and uh, I have to say that I feel very humbled and honoured that um, Cool Choir has become a vehicle for you to do that really um, and I definitely would like to give something back as well by um, doing this song you know next year so um, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that I don't well, know what I'm going to do with it yet but I <laughs> well I'm looking, I'm looking forward, forward to it, to as, it well. as well and so. uh, yeah it, it's, it'll it'll touch me on a on a very on, on many levels and yes. I, I appreciate um, and I'm grateful to you for having created this environment and this space for me and others like me.
Now, as we were saying earlier on the podcast, Natasha's wonderfully uplifting song has been covered by a few different people in a few different styles. Some of them appear on YouTube. I've been through YouTube today and I've picked out my favourite version by Justine Tyrell and we're going to play it for you today. So here it is, Justine Tyrell performing Natasha Gould's This Love Is Magic. It's cold outside But all I'm feeling is warmth I've got your hand in mine And I look in your eyes Never before have I felt this way for anyone I'm truly yours I'm truly yours They said that we wouldn't make it They said that we would crash and burn Well look at us now Look at us now And they said that dreams didn't come true They said that magic didn't exist But look at us now Look at us now this love is magic My heart still skips a beat Whenever you walk in I've got you on my mind Almost all the time I love your laugh I love when you laugh at my jokes And I love your smile Your beautiful metal-filled smile They said that we us now look at us now they said the dreams didn't come true they said that magic didn't exist well look at us now look at us now this love is magic it's cold outside i've got your hand in mine i want to stay like this They said that we wouldn't make it They said that we would crash and burn Look at us now, look at us now Well, thank you so much for coming along today and uh, also chatting with us about something so personal. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's lovely to have the chance to highlight particular individuals from the choir and uh, just to have them share their stories. And I know that there'll be people out there that definitely um, will, you know, re relate to so much of um, what we've talked about today as well. And uh, we hope that we feel uplifted from uh, Bill's story and the music that we have coming up, which is going to be great as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming along and doing this. It's great. Thank you very much, Jerry. <laughs>
Thank you for tuning in to Cool Chats today. We'll be back soon with another episode profiling the personal stories of another member or members of our Cool Choir community across Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Until then, remember to sing loud and proud, everyone.